So you are a musician. Mm-hmm. Well, how, well, how, you, how about you tell me? You're a musician. Yeah, musician. I um I do uh I'm, I do some acting, public speaking, um, uh, and I'm an athletic director <laughs> at American Heritage School, <laughs> private school, and an American Fork, a faith based school. So I love athletics. It's been a part of my life. Um, and so yeah, I just I do. Whatever opportunities come my way that I like, I, I jump into it. And you have how many kids? Four kids. Four kids. Four kids. Yes, Malachi twelve, <laughs> Samaya eight, Nehemiah six, and then Kuregi um, is my one year old. That's such a cool name, Kuregi. Yeah, I, I love it. So, I, me and my wife were like, "Yeah, we want biblical names. That'll be good." So they, they <laughs> remind them of who they are, what they believe, and so we did Malachi. We're like, "Good." And then the next one, Samaya, was supposed to be Soraya. My wife was like. No, we're going to switch it up. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> we had a plan, you know? So, you know, wifey wins, you know? So yeah. uh, we went with Samaya, but then Nehemiah, another biblical name. And then I went, I got to visit Africa. I went to Africa, which is really neat because being someone of enslaved heritage, like I don't know much about my family history. You know, there's only so far back yeah. I can go. And I feel like, felt like there was a real disconnect between, you know, being here and my black heritage in America and then, Africa, I felt like there was a, kind of a disconnect. So when I went there, um, and the saints kind of welcomed us, the the the, the, uh, the church members um, welcomed us. They said, "Welcome home." And I was like, "This is amazing!" Oh like, I felt the love, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, I don't yeah. have any kids with an African name." And so Kuregi was born soon after, and I was like, "Yeah, Kuregi." So it's a Swahili name, and it's actually my first name. My first name is Kuregi. My middle name is Yehoshua, but I just go by Yehosh. Oh my so. gosh, that's so cool. Yeah. Okay, so you go to Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that for? Oh, so it was it was uh, the saints back there were were excited about Green Flake and about oh. Jane Manning James, Elijah Abel, all these black saints, knowing that there were people of African descent that were a part of the, the restoration and and everything, and so. Um, there's a lot of poor areas um, that we visited that didn't have DVDs. They, there was no Deseret book, you know. <laughs> and so we went there. Um, you know, my brother helped fund it. Other donors and, and people like that um, helped fund that trip for us to go and to visit all these stakes in Ghana. We went to Kamasi, Takwere, Accra, um, you know, a lot of different places and got to visit with the saints and, and show them a condensed version of the movie to sing and praise with them. And uh, it was just, it was really special because that, that was my first time ever being back. And in my family, my parents were very like, we have to stay connected. We have to know who we are. And so most of our names are African names, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so it was, it was really neat. And, and, and they really loved, you know, knowing our names and, 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 and fellowshipping with us. Dude, I'm so like I my my ancestry is Scottish. Like on mm-hmm. both sides, it's like Paul Campbell Robertson. Wow, it's like everything. And we went back, and we um, special. It's special. So I can kind of relate to what mm-hmm. you're saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just we went back, and we were I was 17 at the time, and we were driving around trying to find this house where like these seven Robertson brothers were converted to the church and then came across. Whoa! And it was getting dark, and it was out in the middle of nowhere. And then my dad like. I can't remember. He like pulled over to a library and asked the librarian and, and she like, she was like, Oh yeah, I know this place. It's called the folds or the folds. And it means the sheep or something like that. And we drive out to this old farmhouse and we found like literally the place where these seven Robertson brothers in the wow. 1800s like left. And I was 17 and it was so powerful at the time. But I yeah. mean, that must've been unbelievable to hear like welcome home. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, and to see these people, beautiful people, faithful people, brilliant, like, um, 
it's just really great because it, it's different than what is portrayed in the media. You know, Africa there's mm-hmm. as a continent, you yeah, know, it's huge. there's so many different countries and yeah. stuff in Africa. And, and just to, uh, to see people that were like, oh, you kind of look like me. Like, that's <laughs> cool. Like, I remember I was, we went to an orphanage because we, we, we went and did some, uh, some work there and dropped off clothes and things like that. And um, uh, I was working with this guy. We were about the same height, same hairstyle. And then one of the other workers that were there were like, you guys look like brothers. And usually, like, when people say that, like, here in, in Utah yeah. or other places, you're just like, yep, yeah, that's what everybody says. And we look nothing alike. Oh, yeah. But we looked at each other <laughs> and I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> we do look alike. That was cool, you know, and to, and to know that those like that's my heritage. Those are my people. There's not such a huge disconnect, you know. And I, I just I really love that because I I felt like man, what is my real last name? It's not Bonner. Like, what no. what wh- wh- what are the stories of my ancestors, you know? And 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 so just to see these people who are industrial, who are brilliant, who are musical, and just to be like, wow, I have a connection there, uh, was amazing. And to also know, because uh, we went and visited the um, slavery castles at, at Cape Coast. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know what this is. Oh, okay. So um, when people were, they would they would go inland and they would they would just steal people, you know, or they or they, or they would buy and and they would bring these people to the slavery castle. And they would lock them up, and they would keep them there for like three months, like what hundreds is it, is of like people. Like a fortress, like what? Yeah, is it, it's what like is it? a fortress. Yeah, yeah. They have like cannons and like soldiers and stuff there, and so like, who, and built, they who built them these? Up. Who built these things? Uh, people from Europe, people from Spain, Portugal, like oh my yeah. Gosh. And, and so just depending on what castle you were at, and so uh, to find out what they went through just in the slavery castle in terms of being there for three months small little window people went blind in there you know standing in their own feces people being sick you know and if you fought back then they would take you and put you in another dungeon and starve you for a week and you'd be dead and then they throw you out to sea and then so after that three months to go through this door they call the door of no return you know and 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 the thing is that these people uh, from all over africa they were all different languages and stuff so they couldn't even communicate you know, and so uh, many of them, uh, they couldn't communicate with each other with their their native tongue, and so they would they put them on these boats, and then on the boat ride, they would they were so close together, and many people died. So just to know that I'm a descendant of people who were great people, who were kings and queens, but then also who were enslaved and were strong enough to to survive the slavery castles, to survive the boat ride all the way to America, and then to also overcome slavery and to survive through that, you know, um, just gives me a sense of gratitude and, and also knowing that I'm I'm not just living for myself, you know. Um, there's a quote that I love that um, I feel like describes me and 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 many of us is that I am my ancestors' wildest dreams, like. I, I, in our faith, like we believe in our ancestors rooting for us, that there's a veil and that they are there and they want us to succeed. And so this is something that, you know, President Holland says that like heaven is on your side and they're rooting for you. And I just, I believe that strongly. And so when I made my decision to marry my wife, they're like, <laughs> yes, that's my, that's, that's, that's my great, great grandson. You know, when I made a decision to go to the temple or to serve a mission, these things that are doing what, what God is pleased with, I feel like they're cheering for me. 
And I know that my ancestors, there's no, my ancestors, there's no way that they could have made it through slavery without knowing about Jesus Christ, because it was, you couldn't read, you weren't allowed to read, you know, you weren't allowed to, to read the gospel for yourself and things like that. But we had these spirituals, these songs, you know, known as Negro spirituals or African-American spirituals that we were able to learn about the gospel, learn about the savior that is for all men. That this savior came and died, didn't just die for these people who have enslaved me, but they died, he died for me, that he loves me. And so um, learning about that um, uh, and knowing that a part of my heritage strengthens me. You know, same thing with like, a lot of those who, who have um, pioneer heritage. Man, it's a hard life. And the trek to make it through, and what were they doing? Singing praises. And I feel like singing praises and, 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 and coming to know Jesus Christ, I mean, that's where peace is found, right? Regardless of what's going on in our lives, we can have peace because we know who the Savior is and because we know he understands our every, all our suffering. You know? Dude, this is yeah. so beautiful. How, how did you, I mean, and you were such a bright light. Like the second I met you, I'm like, dude, this guy is full of light. <laughs> like this guy's living with some, some good juice. I mean, yeah. like you you just exude brightness, but we all, even though you that. come from like an amazing family, you've told me about your family before. Like, how did you, Yehosh, like come to know Jesus or come mm-hmm. to know God? Because we, you know, you said you're grateful for your ancestors. Like, when did you, mm-hmm. when did this belief and this like, when was it instilled in you? Mm-hmm. Well, that's just what we did growing up. You know, we had it there. Obviously, there's a, comes a time when you have to know the Savior for yourself. Um, but kind of going back to, to my heritage, you know, my parents were were uh, Baptist um, preachers in in uh, Liberia, West Africa. They went to Liberia and served mission wow. there, and and so we we come from a strong foundation of Christ. And my dad's aunt was the trailblazer of gospel music in Cincinnati, Ohio. After after slavery, um, the Bonners came up from the Bonner Plantation in, in, in Alabama and in Georgia, and and they settled in Cincinnati, Ohio. And my aunt um, started a singing group called the Bonner Family Singers. <laughs> and yeah. so oh they gosh. started, you know, doing gospel music there. And so it's, it's neat to be able to sing gospel music as, as a family. So through music, you know, I've come to know who, who Christ was. Obviously, um, for us, Sundays were long because <laughs> we would go to the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. And growing up, church was three hours. Yeah. And then my mom would be the uh, choir director at a, a, a Baptist church. And then she'd be singing a solo at the non-denominational church. So we were going from church to church a lot of our childhood. And Sundays was was church day, you know. Um, and, and family prayer was huge for us as well. But I remember when I was 15 years old and President Hinckley gave the talk um, five B's, you know, be smart, be grateful, be clean, be true, be humble, thankful, you know, and, and everything that, and, and, and everything. And, and I was just like, the spirit spoke to me then, like, cause I mean, I was, I was a youth, you know, yeah. and I had begged my mom for years. Can I have earrings? Can I have earrings? And I need tattoos cause I play <laughs> basketball and I can't be the only black dude without tattoos and, yeah. and earrings in the NBA. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I gotta look right. <laughs> I gotta have the swag. And so anyway, I had earrings and, um, he, he talked about how young men shouldn't have earrings, you know, and and um, how our body's a temple. And man, I was just like that. His testimony and what he shared with us, I knew he was a prophet. And I just at that point, I was like, I, I want to live for you. I want to I want to make my father proud and I want to live for the Lord. And so I said a prayer that night, like whatever, whatever I need to do, like put me in a position to to use my gifts and my talents to serve thee, you know. And um, it was interesting because. 
I was living in a, in a small town <laughs> and uh, I don't know if I want to shout it out. I loved it. I had a great childhood. I was living in a small town. We, we, used, to, we used to move around a lot growing up, but um, I had some great friends and um, we all had goals um, early on when I first moved there, I was in eighth grade and, and was to serve missions, play college sports. And, you know, we had these different goals, but our, our, my friends goals were changing. Um, mine, by my actions seemed like they were changing, you know, like I wasn't going to all my, my meetings in church, my teacher, we're talking one, one Sunday and, and, in class. And she's just like, this is a choice. You don't have to be here. And I was like, okay. And so after sacrament, I would just go home and I'd come home, I'd come back at, right, right before church ended, you know? And so I was do, I was just, I was not giving the Lord all of me. Yeah. And so anyway, Did you only 15? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was 15. Oh my yeah. gosh. And so, I, yeah, but I had a, just a huge awakening and I just prayed. And um, uh, the next Sunday came around and one of my friend's moms comes up to my mom and says, man, your boy, Yehosh, you got a good boy. He's a good boy. He doesn't do any of the things his friends do. And my mom was like, hmm, what, is, what do his friends do? <laughs> Within yeah. the week, I was on a plane to Arizona, oh to, to Mesa, Arizona. My parents, they understood the power of association. And even though I wasn't doing all mm -hmm. the things that my friends were doing, yeah. I was around those things. Yeah. And so I said my prayer. The Lord prepared my heart. <laughs> that thing happened with my mom and my mom, I was gone. I was living with uh, my, one of my dad's friends um, from when we lived in Las Vegas, you know, and uh, he said, oh, I remember I have a friend that lives out that way. Let's give him a call. Let's see if he'll take our son and then the rest of us will move. <laughs> Wait, they were, you so, were the, they were sending you away and then your whole family was going to move mm -hmm. following you. Yeah. So that's how your mom, later. how yeah. much she cared about you. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, there's eight of us. There's eight I know. kids. And so. Were they all I'm, mad at you? <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. I'll have to ask. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, I didn't know the full story. I didn't know that that conversation even happened until I was an adult. Like, I didn't know that my friend's mom said that, and that's the reason why they moved. I thought they were moving me because of uh, better opportunities for athletics, you know, because my parents are very intentional about raising us, you know, and, and they moved to New York. So my younger brother could go to LaGuardia, you know, to a performing arts school. And they, you know, my, so the moves that happened a lot of times in our family were to give the teenagers or whoever was coming up a better opportunity to pursue the things that they want. And so basketball was big for me. And um, so I thought that's the reason why I didn't know, you know, but I, but I was ready. My heart was ready. I was just like, Oh man, okay, I'm going to go. And this is an opportunity to start over and to be a new, a person, you know, a new creature in Christ. Yeah. And so that was just a, a big turning point for me is, is when, because I always, always knew, I feel like I always knew God was real. I always knew the Savior did what he did, but it didn't really hit and matter to me until I was about 15 years old. And I was just like, oh man, I love him so much. I want to be better. I think there's something that I have that I could, that I could give and, and serve. And I know that the Lord's going to expound on any talent that I have, you know, and at that point it was, it was sports and so that was probably my, 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 my big, like, Hey, let's go. Yehosh. <laughs> you gotta be better. Dude. I'm, I'm blown away by how spiritually advanced you were at 15. Oh, like I was yeah, nowhere I mean, near that. <laughs> I wasn't, it, it was just the Lord speaking to me. I, I didn't, I mean, I wasn't like someone who was in my scriptures and knew all my scripture mastery, but 
I knew I wanted to be better for him. Do you credit your parents for a lot of this? Absolutely. Yeah, your parents seem incredible. And mm -hmm. I'm I'm curious, like, what are you doing now with your kids that you Mm -hmm. got from your parents? That's a great question. So I co-host a show also on BYU TV. I, I, I co-host a show. I, yeah, that's one thing dude, I you're say. busy. I co-host a show on BYU TV. It's about families. And um, um, they we visit different families throughout the country. It's called Family Rules. And we visit different different families, and they give us tools and show us things that they do within their families to help their mm-hmm. families. So one thing that I do with my family and that I kind of picked up a little bit from one of the other families, but it's different, um, is our nighttime routine is... I'm busy. Like I'm an athletic director. So, and I teach, so I teach during the day. And then my main part of my job is after school when all the games are happening that I'm there and the officials are there and every, I'm just checking the crowd and all things like that. And so there are some weeks where I'm just like not home during the day. And so, um, one thing that kids look forward to is that nighttime time with me one-on-one is where I lay down with them and I ask them how their day was. We we do a, a sweet, sour service, or uh, uh, highs and lows, you know, depending on whatever they say that night. Like, oh, hey, this is my high, this is my low. So we just do like, what was your high of the day? What was your low of the day? Or what was sweet about the day? What was sour, you know? And and uh, who did you serve, you know? So we just talk about their day. And then something that that is is unique to us is that we do a song of praise. Um, like my parents, it was it's really important for me for our children to know who we are what our ancestors went through and what allowed them, what carried them, what strengthened them through their hard times. Because that strength didn't just disappear. Yeah. Like it's still here for mm-hmm. us. You know, God's love is unchanging. And so um, we sing a spiritual usually. Um, sometimes we'll sing hymns, but usually it's a, it's a spiritual, a Negro spiritual or an African-American spiritual, depending on, you know, how you want to call it. And uh, that is something that they look forward to. And and I have a son, Malachi, who's older. And we do a little bit less with him now that he's 12. But Is he, he too cool for school now? He's so cool. Yeah. He's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And he'll sing the, the spirituals, but he'll just kind of mumble. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's the only time we ever hear him sing is when we do the song of praise. And so and I'm so grateful that he has that within him to, to want to sing that, you know, even though it's somewhat a mumble. Mm-hmm. But Nehemiah and Samaya, they are like, everybody's asleep and they are singing with all their heart and soul. <laughs> They're just like, right on King Jesus, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's, it's a lot of fun. But that is one thing that helps um, nurture the relationship that I have with my kids. Mm-hmm. And also the most important relationship, turning them to, towards Christ you know, through those spirituals and on our nighttime routine. So that's one thing that we do um, within our family. Um, we, uh, we, it's funny, me and my wife, we love like being social. We love going like, maybe we can go out to eat or maybe we can meet up with friends or maybe, you know, and, and if we're going to go on a, we should go on a trip or we should go to, go visit auntie, uh, uh, uncle junior in, 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 in California. We should get there. Or, and it's like, hey, should we just us go? And we look at each other, we're like, Nah, we all want to yeah, go. Like it's yeah. we want we want to be together. We like being together, and so uh, I think that's we're, we're raising children, but we're really raising our best friends. You know, that's so cool. It's cool. To, yeah, it's cool to see that's them grow cool. up and to see my son Malachi and see his personality develop. I'm like, where did you get that from? Like, that's not me. That's not your mom, but your your own person. You know, and so that's another thing is is. Um, Yes, it's important that they know who they are in, in the spirituals, um, but that they we also have a relationship with them. Yeah, we're mom and dad, but like we like these guys. We like to be around them, and it, and, and I think they feel that. That's cool. It's um, being a parent of three. 
I'm, I'm obsessed with my kids. Mm-hmm. It's, they're like the best and then sometimes the worst. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I love that you approach it. Like you're creating your best friends because mm-hmm. when you, like I, I'm learning in my life when I have an intention or see something a certain way, it, it really does come to fruition. If you see your kids as, as an annoyance or like, I've got to get my work done and they're always bugging me. Then they, mm. they're like this annoyance or, yeah. but if you're like building your best, you're raising your best friends, I can totally see the joy when you're talking about them, that they really are becoming your best friends. Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful. Yeah. And I wish I was still trying to find a way for them to nurture their own relationships. Cause man, they fight. Oh but yeah. They play, they play hard together. And, um, I get excited, um, about our family and is it still growing? I'm not sure, you know, but we have this chat, me and my brothers and sisters, like I'm still, they're they're like they're my closest friends, mm-hmm. my my brothers and sisters and my parents, and we speak every day. Like we talk every day on this app. It's called Marco Polo. Oh yeah, and it's an ongoing conversation, and we just always talk. And we have a brothers thread, sisters thread. You know, we have you know, uh, it's just we have a gospel thread where we only speak gospel stuff about it, or because many of us are teachers in our callings at church, or we have questions about this scripture or this doctrine, and we'll talk about it on the gospel thread. And we have a Bonner family business thread because we're a singing group and we talk everything music on that thread. And then we just have a Bonner kids thread, which just the kids, and we could talk about our experiences growing up so we don't hurt our fa- parents' feelings, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> man, there was there was this and this, and they did, can you believe they did, you know? Because yeah. our parents did a great job, you know, but we're able to keep it real on the kids thread because we, want, we don't want to, you know, say anything that make, makes our parents feel bad because they did such a great job and to have eight kids you know oh my and gosh. none of us in jail or in prison and, you know <laughs> we're we're doing pretty good so dude that's awesome on the topic of families and ancestors i saw on instagram the tragedy that happened to your family mm-hmm. and four years ago my brother and his wife lost an infant to sids mm-hmm. and Although it was, I mean, it was like, it just seems so unfair that something so, uh, you know, a child so pure is taken uh-huh. and with like, and there's no answers. It's like, what is SIDS? Like, what is this? Why? And you just don't get answers. Uh-huh. There's no answers to it. And it's just a complete tragedy. And so, although time has like healed the sting of that loss, Seeing your experience and seeing your post on Instagram about, is it your brother? Yeah, my, your, my younger brother, Conlon, and, and his wife, Rachel. Yeah, so they lost, the, I'll let you talk about that, but I wanted mm-hmm. to just tell you how I perceived, like I saw that post and I saw how you guys talked about ancestors on the other side. Like, although it's like so sad, like this child is now in paradise with ancestors. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that because I feel my ancestors in my life. and it, And I was just so impressed with like the the dichotomy of how people view death and how you guys viewed it so beautifully. Mm. And not that it wasn't painful because it's unbelievable. Uh, I get it because I've watched my brother go through it just like you did, but you guys brought such a perspective of like joy and grace and of Christ and of ancestors and of like, we lost him in this life, but he just joined all his ancestors. I'd love to hear like how you guys, like your experience on that and, Mm -hmm. And talk more on that. Yeah. So we, this, this was new. This was new to us, this loss, untimely loss. 
um, we've never experienced the loss like this. I mean, we've lost our grandparents, yeah, you know, yeah. um, and, and, and uncles, that, same, that, you know, exactly. Yeah. But for the youngest member of the Bonner family, you know, and us not expecting it, it like you said, there's it's a sting, it's, it's painful, it was hurtful, it was sad, we miss him. Um, but I can't imagine having to go through this without knowing God's plan. I can't imagine how people go through these types of, of losses not knowing. We know that he's returned to the, to the God that gave him life. These, this is a testimony that, a faith that we've um, strengthened throughout our lives. And, and man, it, it, it's, it's hard to see our brother mourn, but we've all rallied around him. You know, all all of us <laughs> and all of Rachel's family at the funeral. It was a, a miracle because of the weather and and how soon everything happened. She has eight siblings, so all nine of them were there. My brother has seven. All eight of us were there, um, and we felt that with him. Um, not to mention our friends and the saints. Just the love poured out, and I was like, "That's the gospel." Mourning with those that mourn. Like I cried with coworkers, you know, mm -hmm. cried with church members. Um, and I just remember waking up in the morning and, and seeing that text message and like being like, you know, how you wake up in the morning, you're just like, whoa, wait, what's going on? And, and um, I'm like, I gotta go, I gotta go, Vanessa, this is what happened. And she's like, no, we have to go. Like, it's all of us, you know? And so um, I'm so grateful for the support that we have here in this life, but also on the other side and the welcoming that we know Joshua received. Um, it's just such a beautiful child. And um, like you said, we don't, we don't know why, yeah, <laughs> you know? I know, it's so um, hard. But so many testimonies are, have been strengthened about the afterlife um, from that. You know, I, I, wish, I wish we could have recorded the, the funeral and heard the testimonies and shared it with the world. Because um, we talked about Joshua. We talked about how, you know what? This kid probably got it done. <laughs> the Lord needs him on the other side to do some other work. He came, he got his body, you know? And he, a lot of us, it takes us our whole life to get it. He got it. God needs him, you know? And and so we we, we don't understand, but I'm so grateful for the support of, 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 of family and friends and the saints and for my knowledge of, of knowing that none are lost unto the father none are lost so yeah how's your brother like oh man his testimony is, is so strong you know I, I mean there's a lot of tears you know but um he's just appreciative of also the support of, of, of everybody that came to the funeral and have messaged him and has has sent meals and 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 sent money for the for the funeral um but you know that's his baby boy you know he's he's sad they miss him and um they've already been visiting um the, the grave site quite a bit you know and, yeah um, it's hard, but one thing that they are intentional about, because they have other little ones, is to make sure that they know about their little brother. It's not like it happened, we're, we, and all his stuff is gone, and we're just not going to talk about it. They they talk about it, and they visit the gravesite, and they look at the pictures, and they made a video. And so um, it's important to him, to Conlon and Rachel, to share about their baby boy, Joshua, with the siblings. And I think that that's special, because I think for me... I would have wanted to know about my sibling. You know, mm -hmm. I would want the pictures, I would want the video, I'd want all that. And I think they're being intentional about making sure that that his siblings know about Joshua and who he who he is. Yeah. 
that's awesome. My my brother and his wife do the same. They've got mm. they've got Gavin on the wall. Like there's the picture the, the two other kids and Gavin's there. Oh, and, that's great. And um, it's built some traditions. Like Alice and my wife will bring dinner on the anniversary of his passing. You know, oh, and so wow. I mean, it's still so sad. But there's so many like sweet things and things that yeah. bring us back to like a spiritual consciousness. You know. Yeah. Um, I hope this isn't this is this is on topic. But when I saw your post, I was, I was, I had just like, um, I've been reading this book by his name's Sundar Singh. And he's this guy from India in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. And he had this like vision of Christ and converted to Christianity as a teenager wow. and like got disowned by his father and persecuted. And he wow. decided to like, follow Christ and just minister and like go suffer with those who suffer. Mm-hmm. And he, he would wander around Nepal and India. And then eventually he kind of became famous and was brought to the U S and Europe and, and gave sermons and stuff. But then he took a couple years off and wrote some books about all of, all of his experiences. And one of the books he talks about like spiritual vision, like, and he was gifted to see what happens when people die. Mm. And he, he saw like the, the spirits of those who had like soft hearts and like babies. He specifically saw like a mother lose her baby and like the tragedy of what, and she just can't, you know, we can't see what's going on, but, but then he saw the other side where ancestors and loved ones, it was just like this joyous, like joyous welcoming and bringing into the, to the light of God. And so reading that, that testimony and then seeing you was like such a Mm. gift to me, like priceless gift to me. It like did some healing back to what we experienced with Gavin. Like I just know and feel. And so I just wanted, I just love your, your, I don't know your family at all. I know you, but I was just so grateful to know you and see that example. And it was a huge, like solve to my soul. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Cause you know, we, I mean, just didn't even know that that it would affect other saints, other people. I know that post. Like, even if someone wasn't spiritually sensitive, it was just such, it was such a joyous, I I, I never want to make light of how sad a funeral is, but it was such a joyous, like hopeful, light-filled experience as opposed to what so many funerals are. And so that was, that's awesome. Wow. I think I'm going to take that back to the family and let them know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been, you know, it's just it's been new. But we we hold close to the Savior, especially in times like this. Yeah, you know, and and knowing, wow, He's got a plan. God's got a plan. He knows us, you know, and and He loves us, and He and He's gonna carry us through the hard times, the sorrow, and it, it, it's made those times with those who we have still here even sweeter, you know, like. Oh my gosh, we have to appreciate what we have because yeah. we don't know. We yeah. don't know when when yeah. someone's going to be called home. Yeah, you know, and, and we're not from here. This isn't home. We're not from here. Yeah, you know, it's so. true. I want so the goal of the podcast is there's it's twofold. It's to help men feel like not so alone in their trials and like mm-hmm. their struggles, and then two to like show people live an awesome lives with God in their life. So. Oh, I love that. Uh, oh my gosh, they be they be forgetting about us, Eric. Yeah, yeah. we gotta be strong. We gotta have it together, man. We yeah. oh my goodness, <laughs> many of us will work, and then when we 
Deep breath. Oh, here's the baby. Yeah. <laughs> here's the baby. Okay, okay, okay. Got it, got it. Got it. <laughs> we got to check on each other. I know. I just, that's that's why. That's why this podcast, I'm doing it. I don't even want it. I don't like being on film. I don't want to, I don't, I like making music in my studio alone in this dark room. I don't, I don't want to be on camera, but I just feel like, I felt like I have to do this podcast because oh, wow. I want to share guys living lives and their struggles. Mm-hmm. But what I want to do, what I want to close on with you is, how would how would you take someone, another dude under your arm who has lost someone, mm-hmm. and may, and maybe they have known they maybe they've had belief in God or or you know the fire's just not burning and there's mm-hmm. a lot of despair like and they want to believe if someone wants if they're hearing this and they're like I, I, I wish I had Yahusha's faith because obviously it's like incredible they can't take your faith they can mm-hmm. be inspired by it and they can mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying God can light the fire for them but if you're gonna take them under your arm how would you like, what's the next step for them to to get just a little closer? That's a great question. I think that's key is that desire, that desire and starting. And, and what I found, too, is a lot of times I'll go through something. I'm like, Lord, why am I going? Pick somebody else. Like, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. But then I realize a lot of our hardships, it's not about me. Yeah. It's not about you. It's about, like you said, taking some, it's about the testimony that you gain from your hardship. And then now what you do with that to help serve your brothers and sisters. You know, I think a lot of times we focus so much in on ourselves, but you know, what did Christ say about finding your life? If you lose your life in the service of others, that's when you find it, right? And so my, um, my advice um, for 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 those who are going through hard times, who maybe lost somebody, who have a testimony, a strength of testimony, I, I, like for me, like it's been hard. It's been hard for our family. Like Colin lives down the road. We see their family all the time, and now Joshua's not there, and that's hard. Um, but just to be there with him has helped him. Just him being there with me, with other people asking, and not just saying I'm not going to bother them. No, say something move, act upon. If you have a feeling to call somebody, you call them. And so uh, for for those who are struggling with a loss, um, reach out because you probably don't have the support system that <laughs> we were able to have with nine kids, eight kids, the cousins, all this just huge family. And then on top of that, social media, pushing other people to reach out to us. Uh, we've appreciated it, you know, and so reach out to somebody, talk to somebody. It's been helpful to, to to have that memory and not to push it all down and not to just throw out all the stuff and forget about it, not talk about it. We have to talk about it. We have to mourn. Um, but we also give thanks for the opportunity that we had to spend that time with that loved one, you know, and I love that you guys still honor Gavin and you still talk about him because mm-hmm. he was here. We, my wife feels he him. Here. Yeah, he's. I think he's still here. I mean, I know he's still here. My mm-hmm. wife feels him. Um, I had one of my, my best friend died like ten years ago. My childhood mm-hmm. best friend, and he'll just randomly come to my mind, and I'm. I choose to believe that he's like with me. You wow. know that yeah. he's that he's like helping. I yeah. just choose to believe it, and my life's better for it. I love that, and, and I love how you say your life's better for it because with Joshua, we're all like, man, he has joined those who have passed on. He has joined our ancestors. And like I said, like, wow, I'm going to be my best self. My brother said, I'm going to live a life that my son can be proud of. That's what my brother said. And I'm just like, wow, like my brother is one of the best people 
that I know. You're going to be even better? <laughs> like, what? You know? And so, um, you know, I, I would just encourage people not to not to grieve alone. Yeah. And, and to and and once you have opened your mouth and people know that you're grieving, you'll find out that you're not alone, that other people have experienced this. You reaching out to me, and saying that you went through the same thing. Oh my gosh, because in the moment it's just like, oh, why is this happening? We've we've had a hard life. Like we we grew, we had some hard things happen in our life growing up. That's yeah. another podcast, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah. but you know, like realizing. Man, this is part of life, and there is some sour bitterness in life, and that the peace that our ancestors had when on the trek in the snow, and the peace that my ancestors had being beaten, no freedom, they were still able to find peace because they knew the Savior, because they knew, hey, this isn't it. God's got a perfect plan. I know how this story ends, you know. Um, we're constantly reminding ourselves of that allows us to get through to the next day and knowing that there's going to be brighter days. There's going to be brighter days and there's going to be low days and there's going to be people that are going to go through what we've went through and we now have a testimony and an opportunity to lift them up, you know. So just get out of yourself and try to share with somebody else how you're feeling and then look for opportunities to, to, to bless and, and to help others because that's that's when you'll feel closest to Christ. So true. Amen. Amen. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you. You're a busy guy, so I really appreciate you coming. Oh, in. man, this is, I always got time for this, man, to testify and to praise, man. When you're feeling down, praise. 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 Okay, will do. Okay, thanks, brother. I hope you enjoyed this episode. More importantly, I hope you feel closer to your creator and want to solidify your relationship with him. If you'd like to suggest a guest for a future episode, hit me up at themenwholovegod at gmail.com or on Instagram at menwholovegod. If you can think of someone who needs to hear this episode, send it his way. Don't hesitate. Also, leaving a review is huge for me in this podcast. I would love to hear from you. Finally, never forget, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. 